Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Cat Builder Talk Radio Show with your host, small business expert, Mark Parham. Real talk with real people talking about real issues facing small business and our community today. Join us every Monday evening starting at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. To be a guest or for more information, go to capbuildertalk.com. Post comments on facebook.com forward slash capbuildernetwork. Enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of Cat Builder Talk with your host, Mark Parham. Real talk with real people talking about real issues facing small business in our community today, helping you build the capacity to change your life. And as I say every week, helping you to walk in your purpose. Last couple of weeks, I've talked about the Cat Builder Talk Show is now in syndication. We've joined the LMB Network. We're on every Monday and Wednesday at 1 p.m. on 13 stations throughout the United States. You can go to www.lmbnetwork.com at 1 p.m. and listen. I'll start posting these shows as a reminder. We have a great show for you. You know, Atlanta is now number three. Actually, it's probably moved up in the film industry. That means a lot of movies and TV shows are being filmed and recorded here. But the big question is, how do you get involved in this very unique industry? How do you get work? How do you get contracts for your business? We will discuss this and more on the show with Chris Amerson, the founder of Founder and CEO of Entertainment Interactive, and Dr. Tiffany Russell, the Executive Director of the Dover Training Institute. These two organizations are working together to show you how you can get involved in this growing industry. On the Cat Builder Minute, a lot of people are talking about starting a side hustle or a business with hopes of turning that business into something main, their mainstream, their main source of income. So the Cat Builder Minute tonight, I'm going to discuss starting a side hustle. But you're going to hear all this and more tonight on the Cat Builder Talk Radio Show. I'll be back in a moment with the Cat Builder Minute. Then we're going to get this conversation about this film industry in Georgia. saving money don't act like a baby goo goo gaga be the boss and make a budget i'm the boss baby you're the boss of me i am the boss of you i'm not m2 i'm not m2 need a little help aren't you gonna do any work i'm very busy delegating create a personalized savings plan we can share you obviously didn't go to business school and get other tools and tips at feedthepig.org brought to you by the american institute of cpas and the ad council 
The average time a resume spends on an HR manager's desk is seven seconds, and most of them are tossed aside. Now imagine if one of those resumes belonged to Yasmin, who was... Living in a shelter, juggling three jobs. I had to be resilient. That's something that you can't teach. We rely so much on a resume, yet it could never tell the full story of someone who... Had to be independent and take initiative, and that's how I handle every project I get. Discover new ways to develop great talent at gradsoflife.org. Brought to you by Grads of Life and the Ad Council. start a side hustle. If you're thinking about it, you need to start with an idea. Okay? That helps. You know, you have to be doing something that you really enjoy doing. You know, the the ultimate passion project is lies within the convergence of three simple things. First thing, you love the work that you're doing. Loving your side hustle is critical because running a business is always challenging. Some days are good, some days are not so good, but you want to launch something that you like, you know, and hopefully it'll be a great money maker for you. Because when it gets tough, sometimes people walk away if it's not something they really care for. They're just doing it for the money and they walk away from it. But I want you to pick something you really love what you're doing. Not only I want you to love it, the number two thing is I want you to be very good at it, not just good at it, very good at it. It may be something you're naturally good at. Sometimes we have hidden talents and things we take for granted that other people go, how do you know how to do that? We just know. know, What do people come to you for? Do they come to you when they're trying to plan an event, maybe? Do they come to you when they need something cooked? When they come to you, what do people just naturally come to you for? What comes easier for you? And the last thing, what will people pay for it? Okay. It doesn't make any sense to get out there and start a business and do it if you can't get people to pay you. So hopefully it's something that you love doing, you're very good at it, and people will pay you for it. This is where people get stuck sometimes. You know, they think, man, I don't know if I'm going to get people to pay me for it, but you won't know until you get out there and do it. So those are my three tips for the night. I hope you enjoy the show. Ms. Brown came on and talked about how the first time home buyer. People are always looking to invest in a good opportunity. So what if you could invest in the future of kids, like a stock? Not the kind of stock that's about making money, but a stock for social change called Better Futures. With your investment, it helps students like me go to college. My name is Charles, and I'm your dividend. Invest in Better Futures with UNCF. Visit uncf.org slash invest. A mind is a terrible thing to waste, but a wonderful thing to invest in. Brought to you by UNCF and the Ad Council. When I was little, I didn't talk for a long time. I was sensitive to lights and sounds, so I built secret hiding places where they couldn't get in. Sometimes, I did the same things over and over, until one day, I found out I had autism. My family got me help. Slowly, I learned how to live with it better. Early intervention can make a lifetime of difference. Learn the signs at autismspeaks.org slash signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the Cat Builder Talk radio show with your host, Mark Parham. Real talk with real people. 
talking about real issues facing small business and our community today. Hey, this is Mark Parham, and I'm back. I'm going to set the stage for this conversation. As you know, I got online and looked at some stats. I said number three, Georgia's now the number one filming location in the world. You know, Governor Nathan Deal announced film and television productions generated $9.5 billion in economic impact in fiscal 2017. This includes $2.7 billion in direct spending. In the past year, 320 film and television productions shot in the state, including several Marvel movies, Netflix, Stranger Things, AMC's The Walking Dead, Georgia's growth in the film industry from $67.7 million in direct spending in 2007 to $2.7 billion in 2017 is, is, is out of control. <clears throat> Not only in production spend, but also in the amount of investment that has become made in infrastructure. So a lot of things are going on here. But one of the big questions that everybody has here is how do I get involved? You know, it's it's not easy. It's a different world. And we're going to find out tonight how do you get involved and what is this world actually like. So my first guest I'm going to bring on this show is Brother Chris Emerson. Chris, welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing? Thanks for having me. I'm doing good, man. Well, I, I forgot choo-choo. Okay, so, so, so Chris, I'll tell you what, before we get into it, I want you to introduce yourself and uh, tell us what you do and about your business. And then we'll get in this conversation about the film industry here. Sure. My name is Chris Hammerson, and uh, my company is called Entertainment Interactive. And basically what we do is we merge technology with the entertainment field. We create television programming where we drop you into television show. Uh, like sort of like a video game, and you're able to interact in real time. Oh, wow! So, I mean, we're gonna have to get into that a little bit because uh, that's that's outstanding. So, Chris, let's talk about you know these stats I just I just read off. I mean, it seems kind of unbelievable when I read these numbers that mm-hmm. we're like nine point five billion. Okay, so with that money being spent. The big question is, what's going on in the film industry, and why has it been so difficult for a lot of Georgians or Atlantans to to get into the industry? So let's talk about the market, you know, from the beginning, you know, this whole film industry. Why has it been so difficult? I think the first thing to understand is that it's an industry that's been around for decades, and it's set in its ways. And a lot of those ways, uh, they come from L.A. or come from Hollywood and have trickled their way to Georgia as well. well. So it's first understanding the system and how it works and how, you know, you can play your role in that system and and find some lucrative lucrative jobs and some lucrative opportunities within that system. But it's first understanding what you're dealing with. and it's tough because most of the people here in Georgia don't necessarily understand that system. And that's their first hurdle. Understanding it. You know, through the Urban League, I've been meeting with different uh, studio directors and studio owners. 
And they basically say to me, the people that work in this industry, a lot of times are raised in this industry, grew up in the industry, you mm-hmm. know, and and I just thought you could go say, hey, I'm a good cameraman, but generally if a cameraman, your dad was a cameraman, maybe your grandfather was a cameraman. So is it really like that? Is, is that what's going on? I mean, it's, it's a way of life. It definitely is. I, I know plenty of families where there's brothers, uh, uncles, fathers, mothers, and sons. Um, my wife is in the industry as well. So uh, it, it's, it's made its way over into my family. Uh, it becomes, I, I, I can almost kind of, the way I can frame up the film industry is, is sort of like the army meeting gypsy life. And so it takes a weird kind of person that fits in between that to follow that. And a lot of times, just like, you know, circus life, it runs in the family. So it takes, you know, it's kind of in the DNA to be able to handle the things that the industry throws at you. Yeah, I mean, you used the army. <laughs> Let's talk about everything because of the discipline. I mean, why did you choose army? Sure. Um, it's a disciplined industry. It may seem like it's, it's just fun and games and it's entertainment, but people take their job seriously. And there are other people counting on you, just like the army or just like the military. There's someone on your left and someone on your right that's counting on you to do your job so that the whole thing goes off the way it's supposed to and so that they can do their job. And the uh, circus thing is because it's very creative too as well, kind of a performance kind of thing. It's, man, I, I will put it, so I'll put it like this. When um, a film crew rolls in, it's almost like the circus rolling in the town. They set up the big top, do what we have to do, we pack up the big top and roll on to the next city or to the next location. And so that's why I would compare it to the circus in that sense. And it's it's not your normal nine-to-five, just like the circus isn't your normal nine-to-five. So let's talk about how you got involved in the industry. Um, I pretty much fumbled my way into it. It was an accident. Uh, I was in the music industry beforehand. And it was around 2006 at at the point where the music industry was on its way into a decline. And um, I worked on a couple of commercials, a Yamaha commercial, a Home Depot commercial. And a gentleman uh, that I met there, he called me a few months later and said, hey, I really like what you were doing. Can you come in tomorrow to work? I didn't even know what it was for. And I went in. Uh, it happened to be at Morris Brown. At the time, the film was called um, Step Show, uh, and that was my first movie. They later changed the name to Stomp the Yard. And so from that point on, uh, I've been building sets and props uh, for various movies and various television shows, and now I'm a producer myself. You know, it's interesting because just everybody I talk to that works in the industry stumbled into it. I mean, everybody been doing something else. And, and I don't know if they start walking, you call it walking into your purpose or whatever. Very few people I've talked to that are in this industry, and that's what their mission was. I'm going to be in the film industry. A lot of people just kind of fell into it, and they, I guess you develop a passion for it. 
definitely you uh, definitely you have to develop a passion for it. Um, but I think the stumbling into it part is kind of unique to Georgia. If you think about Hollywood or you think about New York, uh, people pack up their bags from other small cities and go there okay. to pursue that, to pursue okay, that career, you. whether it's a stuntman or an actor or whatever career may be. Or like you said, it gets passed down from the family members. The industry has kind of just bum-rushed Georgia. And okay. so that's why you find a whole lot of people just kind of fumbling their way into it because it's not what they came to Atlanta for or grew up seeking to do. So, if you know, okay, on that premise right there, stumbling into it or it's here now, I want to get involved, what are some of the things I need to be thinking about if I say I, don't, I want to work in the film industry? Um, you have to think about long hours. You have to think about um, travel. You have to think about um, hierarchy and 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 being able to play a role. It's not just the actors that they're not the only ones that play a role. Everybody that's involved in the production plays a role. Um, you have to think about weather. You have to think about. Uh, a really tough atmosphere sometimes. But at the same time, there's all kinds of um, exciting experiences that can be had at, at, as well. Man, I keep hearing about these long hours. Okay, you know, it's like, it's going to be long. I mean, so what's a day like? I mean, just, you know, we don't have to get real detailed with it, but you say long hours, what does that mean? Sure. So it depends on what you're doing. Uh, if you're working in pre-production, you're not going to do anything less than 10 hours, 10 or 12 hours a day, maybe six days a week. Uh, if you're working in production with the actual shooting crew, it's pretty much when the director says we're done for the day. So it could be anywhere from 12 hours to 18 to 20 hours. Depending straight? On when, uh, the director, yeah, straight. Depending on when the director feels like, um, he's gotten he or she has gotten what they want from what they need. So, so this is not a side hustle, as we talked about before. Then you say it's. I mean, so you could be on set for twenty hours. Definitely, and I've done it before. And so, if you if you have children, the thing that's something to think about, and you know, having babysitters, and you don't have a, a set time that you're getting off. There, there is no nine to five. Oh, man. So there was uh, something you said when you were speaking at our event a couple of weeks ago about it's not who you know, but it's who knows you. Because people are trying to figure out how do you break into the industry. They have, you know, they have education, they got some experience, but how do they even get into the industry? Um, I think it's what you were just uh, hitting, hitting on that on that point that you were hitting on. It's it's not who you know, it's who knows you. It's basically this. You could know someone, right? And that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to vouch for you. But if someone else knows you, knows your work, and they're in the right position and the right place to actually put their stamp on you, it's like putting wings on your back. You can go anywhere. And that goes for any industry, not just the film industry. Take mm-hmm. someone who has a hair salon. If they do the right person's hair, 
who is an influencer who knows other people, and they say, hey, uh, Sheila is really good at what she does. Look at my hair. And now you have four more clients just because this other person put their stamp on you. So that's where it's not about who you know because you can know someone all day. That doesn't mean that they're going to vouch for you. It's about who knows you and who's in the right place to put their stamp on you and help get you where you want to go. So so where do you go here in Atlanta to to meet the people that maybe could influence or be influencers for you? I mean, you got like a secret club or something, you know, you secret handshakes and stuff. How do you get to how do you get to the places where you can find people that you can meet? There is def- there's definitely a secret handshake and I can't show you. <laughs> but nah, really it's 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 back to fumbling and stumbling your way into it. Um, we're now this city is crawling with people that are in the industry. You may be driving an Uber, and you pick up somebody, and there's a conversation, or you bump into someone at Whole Foods. It's wherever you can find it. If there's an entry, and you can meet somebody, and you can strike up a a good rapport with them and build, that's one great way. Another great way is we're starting a program ourselves. Um. Uh, that we're about to launch with Dover uh, Dover Solutions, and it's a hybrid program that basically, where we show you how to get to the base level, the entry level positions of the film industry, but not just how to get your first job, but how to keep your job and get on to the next job, because it's always all about the next job. Yeah, explain that scenario because people don't really, they think it's kind of a nine to five. Let's talk about that and then we'll go to break and, you know, bring Dr. Tiffany on to talk about what you and Dover are doing together. But explain this whole uh, next project statement you just made. Sure. So we have a saying uh, on every job, everybody's going to get fired because it's a film or it's a television show. It has a start and it has an end date always. So at some point in three months, we're all going to get fired. So you better start looking for your next job, your next movie or your next television show and have that in mind. You want to do a good job, do a really good job where you are, but you always want to have in mind, where's my next check? Wow. So it's, so you really are, I mean, when we talk about entrepreneurship, I mean, you really got to stay on your game, man. When you're working, you guys gonna be working to try to find another project, so you can't just not look ahead. Yeah, you basically uh, you're, you're a contractor basically, and you're almost self-employed. You're working for one production company after another, and you you live and die by your reputation of, of you, your work and your personality. So, what kind of projects have you worked on here? And then we'll go to break. I just kind of want to. And you mentioned a couple uh, a few seconds ago, but what kind of projects have you been working on? Sure. I've, I've been fortunate over the years to um, work on movies like 42, We Are Marshall, uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween, uh, a plethora of Tyler Perry Studios movies and television shows like uh, Meet the Browns, House of Pain, uh, Have and Have Not, um, worked on Walking Dead, Vampire Diaries, Wow. Lottery ticket. Uh, I've been fortunate to work on a lot of cool things. Wow, man. That's outstanding. I mean, it's uh, 
So you sound like somebody you're an influencer in. So I how to get to know you. <laughs> What's going on with that? So I tell you what, man, we're gonna take a short break, and then uh, when we come back, we're gonna bring Dr. Tiffany Russell. She's the executive director of the Dover Training Institute. We're gonna bring her into the conversation when we talk about the work that you guys are doing. Kind of a, a cool way you're doing it too. So I want to get in detail about how you're helping people get into this industry. So stick with me. We'll be right back. I wasn't prepared to be a caregiver to mom. I had no idea how hard it would be and what I would need to know. Things I never thought of, like how to improve her mood and ways for me to stay positive. Luckily, I found the Caregiving Resource Center from AARP. It had articles about the basics, but also information about the hurdles I was facing. Caregiving Resource Center at aarp.org slash caregiving. Articles, tips, and tools to help you both care for your loved one and care for yourself. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Hi, Mom. Is Claire's birthday party today? Me again, Mom. Where did I put my history book? Hi. Sorry, forgot one last thing. Sometimes it's hard to concentrate. At school, I start looking out the window, and then I forget what I was supposed to be thinking about. I know it seems like I don't care, but I do. It's just difficult for me. Love you, Mom. Bye. Join parents and experts at understood.org, a free online resource about learning and attention issues to help your child thrive. Brought to you by understood.org and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the Cat Builder Talk radio show with your host, Mark Parham. Real talk with real people, talking about real issues facing small business and our community today. This is Mark Parham, and I'm back. My guests for this show are, we just got through talking with Chris Emerson. He's the founder and CEO of Entertainment Interactive. And we're bringing into the conversation Dr. Tiffany Russell. She's the executive director of the Dover Training Institute. Welcome to the show, Dr. Russell. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, you're very, very welcome. So, Tiffany, just like I had uh, Chris, you know, do his 30-second pitch about his business, can you talk about the uh, Dover Training Institute? Then we'll get into this conversation about the work that you guys are doing together to try to help people learn more about the film industry. Of course. Well, Dover Training Institute was founded in uh, 2003, actually as a 501c3. And uh, the, the, the motivation behind Dover Training Institute was our founder, Sanquinetta Dover, and uh, she is the CEO of Dover Solutions and Dover Staffing. She started Dover Staffing in 1996, to, and her mission is to put America back to work, specifically in the metro Atlanta area. Um, with Dover Staffing, uh, she works nationwide, quite honestly, to make sure that people are in the right job, being able to provide for their families and, and to be sustainable. And she realized early on that as she was putting people back to work, they often weren't staying employed. So she created Dover Training Institute to provide that training that would help people stay employed um, choosing the right position and having all the skills necessary to be gainfully employed and happy. Uh, so Dover Training Institute has been around for some time. Our signature programs have helped countless people 
enter into the workplace when they've been underemployed or chronically unemployed. And I think one of the things that makes us really unique, well, a few things that make us unique is our small classroom. Uh, we have two training centers in um, Metro Atlanta, one located on Cleveland Avenue and another um, a new space on Camp Creek Parkway. And so our mission has always been to serve under-resourced under-resourced populations by providing that really intimate learning environment. Um, and I think that we do a really great job in providing job readiness coaching as well. So not only are you coming to DTI or Dover Training Institute to get that training, but we also look at the whole person. You know, we're not just going to teach you something and then set you on your way. We want to be able to make sure that you are successful. So we offer the job readiness coaching and the interpersonal skills as well. You know, you said something that's very key, you know. I mean, you said working and happy, okay? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that's, that's such an interesting. I don't hear that a lot. I hear people got to work, got to work. But working and happy, wh- why are those? Why is that important? Well, you stay employed. You, you, stay, right. you stay employed when you're happy or when you can find joy in something that you're doing. And I think that's that's important. When we started our, our institute, we had some signature programs that we still run today. One was our customer service training program, which was entry level. You know, it provided someone who perhaps was in the food industry or in other industries who really wanted to get into the office work. We provided them with the training, but the training was simple. You know, if you really think about you know, it's not it's not the hard part is staying employed and loving what you do enough to stay there, you know. And so a lot of the work that we did was on the on the person. You know, the information we can give, the 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 certifications and I should also mention that all of our programs has a nationally recognized certification. So you can put that on your resume and and be able mm-hmm. to be recognized wherever you go. Uh but it's really working on the person and understanding what those gaps were to successful employment in the past. And some, t- and some of our research has indicated a couple of things. One was that, you know, the previous schooling experiences weren't all that exciting. So, you know, we want you to be able to look back at DTI and say, you know, I had a great time. You know, I could tell that my instructor really cared about me, and I think mm-hmm. care is at the center of what we do because you carry that into your work. Um, and then, you know, of course, the, the interpersonal continuing to, to stay with, you know, all of our participants once they've graduated, to check in to make sure that they're uh-huh. still employed, and if there's anything else that they would like to come back to us for. Um, we've created programs after listening, you know, to the participant and hearing from them what was missing or what did you need more of. And, you know, we adapt to make sure that we are providing just the very best experience for our students. So this is a long-term relationship, and it's not just, you know, for these, you know, we see so many organizations that provide training, but they're just cranking them out, you know, mm-hmm. pushing people through, push them out the mm-hmm. other side and get a whole other group in. So, so you really take an interest in the lives of the people that you're training, it sounds like. We do, we do. And, you know, because Ms. Dover um, has a staffing agency, it's, it's, it's very possible that we'll be putting – some of our graduates on assignments and getting them employed. And we have some really amazing success stories of doing that. Uh, And that's one of the reasons that people choose us, too, because we are affiliated, I mean, literally right next door (laughs) to a staffing agency. And Ms. Dover's relationships, um, I mean, she's well-known throughout Atlanta, and people really love her because of the way that she 
does her thing, right? So people yeah, want to be affiliated with Dover. Yes, they do. Um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, uh, I talked to her earlier today. She's going to have her on the show just by herself, just talking about how she started this. But just for a few seconds, we talk about things we do we have passion for. How did you come to do what you're doing now? You had quite a bio. I didn't want to read it. But uh, oh. <laughs> how did you come to do, do do what you're doing now? Oh, wow. Um, well, I, you know, I come from a family of educators. And it's funny because – you know, some my family wasn't didn't share a whole lot. I don't know if it was for a particular reason, but didn't share a whole lot about you know our heritage. And I think that we just need to do better with that. So I was asking questions. Turns out that my father's line, including my mom, some of my mom's um, ancestors were educators and also Episcopal priests. So I found that out as I was doing my research because, you know, when I was majoring in African-American studies at Temple, my dad, his first question was, um, what you going to do with that degree? And I immediately was like, well, what, I, there's so many things I could do with that degree. I can change the world. I can teach. And here he is holding on to this information that all his, his, his female line were all educators. I was like, wow. you know, so I laugh and thinking like, well, daddy, you should have known what I was going to do. So I have been teaching in so many different ways since I was 18 years old. Um, you know, I, I've taught autistic students at a residential facility. You know, I, I teach at Georgia State part-time now. I, have, I got my degree at Georgia State, so I have a very special place in my heart for, for that institution. And, um, and I've taught K through 12, private and public. And, you know, when I decided to go back for my Ph.D., I wanted to be in education because I wanted to be able to look at the policies that are impacting people of color and be able to make some suggestions and help change systems. So my background is in ed policy studies uh, with a focus in social foundations. And so mm-hmm. Ms. Dover and I found each other in a very interesting way. I came actually through the staffing agency, and my first job was at Spelman College, and she placed me there, and I fell in love with the school, but ended up leaving to go and teach full time. And then I found my way back because she needed someone to to help her strengthen the foundation of her nonprofit. And kind of the rest is history. Over the course of me being with her, you know, I dipped in and dipped out and finished my degree and and did some work in other organizations to support their programming as well. But um, I'm an educator at heart. I'm a mom of two kids, so constantly teaching them something, too. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Hey, Chris, I didn't ask you this, but are other people in your family uh, creative or in the film industry? Uh, Not in the film industry, just my wife. uh, uh, My mother is definitely my inspiration there. She she could do anything. She could hang drywall one minute, the next minute paint. (laughs) The next minute, put in insulation. The next minute, she's on top of the roof, uh, (laughs) putting the the shingles on the roof. So she's my hero. She's my superhero, and 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 so I I try to mirror her that in the in the way of doing multiple things and spread them all around. You know, I find it interesting because when we really think about it, we don't always recognize the influence that our heritage brings us. You know, I think entrepreneurship was in my family. Uh, and, you know, yeah, I'm good with my hands. I can work on stuff. So can my uncles, you know. So it's kind of interesting. You, know, you both have talked about things that you're doing today 
that were actually kind of in your DNA, per se, you know, but it, we don't always realize it until we start walking in our purpose, though. So I just, mm-hmm. I just wanted to touch on that. So I don't know who wants to introduce it. Chris, you started talking about it, but Tiffany, t- t- why don't you go ahead and introduce the uh, the program that you guys are talking about? Then you both can talk about what both of your roles are in it and um, how you're putting, what's so special about what it is you're launching. Oh, perfect. Well, I can tell you, uh, you know, Chris has um, done it, and I've just been sitting here with my mouth wide open trying to think about ways that I can share this information about the film mm-hmm. industry with people who I know are very interested. Um, and they know about our program as well. But one of the things that Ms. Dover does and what Dover Training Institute is really um, we, we, we support small business owners. So it's actually kind of, you know, noteworthy that we're having this conversation under that umbrella because Chris is a business owner and we're and we're and we're supporting him as he is also supporting us and giving us some new competency, which is I think one of the things that's really important about when you get into a partnership with somebody. And so I just wanted to take a thirty not even thirty seconds, but just share how important the partnership model is okay. to what DPI no. is doing. Um you know, we have our signature programs, and some of them I haven't mentioned, but, um, you know, our customer service training program, our QuickBooks and Microsoft Office training program. But, you know, with, with Chris, you know, we have a partnership where he brings to us his expertise and his curriculum, and then we work together to get the students and, and then get them trained and credentialed. And I, I think that model is quite interesting, and it ha- it's helped us grow and it's also helped the institute gain new competency. You know, gotcha. you know, I, as I mentioned, I've, I come from an educational background. I come from, you know, the nonprofit space to the extent, you know, I've been working with Ms. Dover over the last decade. You know, but my, but my passion and my, and, my, and my area is something that we haven't discussed. It's around women and, and women in tech and, um, and mm-hmm. it's certainly education, black and brown people. And what Chris brings is a new competency for me to learn. So I know that he's going to tell you more about the program, but what I love about it is that it creates an, a, a gateway. And we talked about this when we were at Urban League with you last um, mm-hmm. last week. It's a gateway into, you know, this trade, which is so very important. Oftentimes folks in our communities don't know where to begin, and they don't have mm-hmm. that, that entry point into a trade, whatever that might be, an occupation, you know, a passion project, whatever, you, whatever you're searching for, you know, finding that, that open door can be very difficult. And DTI is always about creating those bridges. Our tagline is bridging the gap to a successful future. And Chris is helping us do that with a very important um, um, trade, and with an important population. And so with that, I'll just turn it over to him to tell you more about why this program is so, so very important. Well, Chris, before you do that, she touched on something, and I think it's so important, mm-hmm. just collaboration and partnerships. But, Chris, from your standpoint, how is it collaborating with another company? You know, sometimes I find the most difficult thing when I'm working on – I work with small businesses and a big opportunity comes. And I try to get them to partner together to go after it, but it seems difficult sometimes. So just on this topic, before you get into talking about the training program, what's been your experience on the whole collaborative partnership thing? Sure. Um, Well, I have my hands in a a few cookie jars and, and have a few businesses, and I don't do anything without 
strategic partnership without finding someone who's an expert or whether it's a company or an individual who's an expert in a certain field before I dive into that field. And so whether it's me working with the NBA or working with Microsoft or working with DTI, I always find people who really know their craft, who really know their world, and can be a guide into that world. So then I can bring what I know. I know what I know, and I also know what I don't. And so gotcha. that's the that's the one thing about a partnership is knowing what your strengths are and what your weaknesses are and finding mm-hmm. someone who can show up your weaknesses and bring something to the table. And um, so with that, that's why I um, – that's why I'm working with Dover because they know the world of education and know the world of job placement and solutions uh, mm-hmm. when it pertains when it pertains to employment. And so, with this course that we that we're doing, um, it's basically a hybrid course, and it focuses on the entry level positions uh, that lead into the film and television industry, no matter what department you're in. So, with this hybrid course, it's half production assistant. That deals mm-hmm. with production, and then the other half is a position called utility, which you'll find in different departments, whether it's the set construction department, the grips, the electricians, uh, sound department, the utility is sort of the entry-level position. And what we do in this 10-week course is um, we give you the tools, uh, the soft skills, and also the the, the terminology um all the things that you need, the tools that you need to go and succeed and begin a career. Uh, the first six weeks is classroom and also hands-on, um, hands-on in-studio sessions, uh, as well as some of the some of the courses takes place online. So we made it so it's really friendly for that person wow. who already has a nine to five, who already has a full life, and is looking for a way to transition into something new something exciting, something better. In those last two weeks of that 10-week program, we actually do a production. So you take what you learned in those first eight weeks and actually apply it the last two weeks, Hmm. and we help you get your first job. And like I said earlier, it's not about just getting your first job, but knowing how to get your next job and your next one and the next one and the next one and the next one after that. So somebody comes... They spend ten weeks, and it's almost like you said you just turn military before. By the time they get through, they go to boot camp. It sounds like they get the the you know production assistant. That's where the basic training, and then they get to kind of start working in their area of specialty, where they really can. It's a, it sounds like a great opportunity because they'll be able to explore the different types of opportunities and probably figure out work, what works best for them. Okay. Yes, there are so many people that I know that are in a certain position and they've been doing it for 10, 15 years and they can't see a way to do anything else. They've gotten so embedded in that and they didn't know beforehand. This is an opportunity to sample a little bit of this, a little bit of that and kind of figure out where your heart takes you and where you really belong because it's all about what you started the whole show off. It's all about doing something that you love and that you enjoy. Because if you do that, then, man, it's going to filter and trickle down into the rest of your life. Your your family life will be greater. 
your relationships will be greater as well. Yeah, my people be much happier. So, Doctor Doctor Tiffany, so you're taking your 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 training education experience and tying it to Chris's film industry experience. So you come up with this kind of unique. You call it a hybrid program, but it really sounds like I haven't heard any. You know, I've been you know I've been working for a while now. I haven't heard anything that's this unique. You know, that just kind of gives everybody a little bit of everything, and then you're talking about you're going to help them find a job at the end? Absolutely. You know, our um, the, the work that DTI does is, is, is centered on work. You know, it's, it's, going, it's helping people get back into the workforce. So, you know, that is the mission. And I wanted to say something else, as tr- uh, something that you said and also that Chris said triggered this, and, and that, you know, you're working with uh, in terms of partnership, you know, we believe at DTI, Ms. Dover will be the first to tell you when you have her back on, is that we all win. Like, there's enough out there for everybody. You know, it's like this this idea of competition, while I understand it in theory and how it makes sense, it makes you stronger, you know, it makes you develop a thicker skin and, and, and to be able to think strategically about your role in your in your own world. But I believe and we believe at DTI that there, there there's plenty for everybody. And once we kind of remove that, well, I got to have this, I have to have that, and really think mm-hmm. about, well, what can I give to this this arrangement? You know, what can I offer? You know, your winnings are going to come. Your mm-hmm. your value is going to come, and I think that's how she's been able to 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 be a, a businesswoman in Atlanta for so long. But running this nonprofit and you know being able to serve in this way is 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 um kind of stems from you know let's give what we know you know the things that we do know we know training we know you know ways that we can help people kind of see their own worth and 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 give those gifts and uh, you know I saw the the competition piece and why people don't want to work I mean sometimes the relationship may not be a good one and so you have to be discerning right, of that right. as well um so you know we don't get into business with everybody but having said that, the folks that we do, you know, engage in a partnership with, you know, we come to the table as equal partners and, you know, co-laborers and all the stuff that we're trying to do. Wow. So, Chris, after 10 weeks, they're going to know whether or not they really want to be in this industry or not. It sounds like to me you're going to be like drill sergeant. Okay. You could, no, there's definitely going to be some fun. Remember, it's a circus, too. It's not all. Okay. All right. All all right. Music, there's some popcorn and some peanuts, too. <laughs> all right. All right. So um, I'm getting a lot of questions, and maybe both of you can answer this. From people young and old that are trying to get into this industry, is there, I guess they just have to judge based on the number of hours. It's not an age thing. It's a how much you want to work thing. You know, so it's is there any thing. guidelines, you know, that for people that are thinking about this? You kind of mentioned that at the beginning, Chris, but the thing that they really, uh, maybe we need to reiterate it, if you're thinking about this industry, what are some of the things you really need to be aware of before you start walking down this path? I think the first thing is that you hold on to the guardrail and you just don't jump off. Um, okay. If you have a day job, you have something already going that's bringing revenue and bringing money into your home, don't stop that. But find a way to test it out, whether it's jumping on the indie films. There's plenty of people around here doing indie films, and you can go and experience that, helping somebody out for free for a couple of days. You, it may take a couple of hours, and you know, this ain't for me. And there's okay. different jobs and different positions, so it might take doing a few things before you can say, 
whether or not this industry is for you or this particular job is for you. But so you use the term indie film, that's independent films. You use the term indie Yeah, independent films, music videos, commercials, uh, things on that level. Plenty of that that stuff going on here in town. And Tiffany, from your standpoint, Mm -hmm. this whole education thing, a lot of people, they haven't been back to school in 15, 20 years, okay, and they may be thinking about changing their lives now. What are some of the things that you can recommend to them, you know, when they're embarking upon a whole new educational journey? What are some of the – how do they find time to fit in? What are some of the things, the advice you can give them on, you know, how to start learning again? Well, you know, one of the things that well, – that's a great question. Um, one of the things that we do is we do a learning styles inventory uh, mm. when, when a student first enrolls. And, and that's kind of to, to, to kind of understand what kind of learner they are, you know, if they're, they're mm-hmm. visual, you know, auditory, et cetera. So that way we can make sure that we're teaching to their strengths. Um, mm-hmm. But it's also taking a look at the, what kind of credential can I get in, you know, a reasonable amount of time that would allow me to enter into the workplace, particularly if it's something different that I'm used to doing, um, and into a, a workplace where I may have some support, you know, so we help the student, once they've finished their class, identify areas that they can go and work in immediately, mm-hmm. um, but where they also can get some support. Now, they'll get it from us as well, but, you know, we help the student interview. We help the student interview their potential okay. employer, you know, so that when you go into a job, you kind of you, you begin to ask the questions of how you're going to be supported while you're on the job, who your your mentors could possibly be there. But I think that the the whole thrust around credentialing is extremely important because you can you can get credentials that are stackable and that you can, you know, the credential that we offer um, with the film utility training course is actually an OSHA certificate, which is pretty awesome mm-hmm. because then that certifies this person to be able to be on a set and to be safe. And that is, you know, translatable all over wherever wow. there's construction or wherever there's there's things that are being made. Um, and I think that one of, the, one of the things that people should be thinking about as they're considering training is what kind of credential can I get? Is it nationally recognized? How long will it take me to earn this credential? And also, what does the learning environment look like? You know, is it fully? And I and I love that our class with Chris is a hybrid, so that you're you're addressing different types of learners and different types mm-hmm. of student as well, different types of folks rather. You know, so these are folks who are or who could be still working and taking this course, which is really exciting. Yeah, it sounds like because some of it's online, not only can they take it, they're going to be kind of working at their own pace a little bit too. It seems like. You know, so you they kinda, can. There's there's yeah. some flexibility there. You know, our goal also is to you know have the the, the student complete. So we want to we we're right gotcha. along with them, right? Okay. So we while we understand that life happens, it took me a long time to complete my degree. You know, we can be patient, but we also want to get folks working and and I um and you know in trying it out, being on set. Mm-hmm. All right. So I was going to say the uh, $64,000 question, but I should say the $2.7 billion question is, when are we going to start this training? When is this that? 
Yes. Well, <laughs> that is the, that is the the two million dollar question there. We on um, the train is ready to go. We are we're trying to get our class filled um, so okay. that we can have a good learning experience for all the students that are involved. You know, we we um, have a we have a capped at fifteen to twenty students, I believe, Chris. Okay. And so we're trying to get that number so that we're making best use of Chris's time as well as all of our you know our guest speakers and such. So we have a potential start date of of April twenty third, um, okay. where we can get. Mm-hmm. And then you know the other thing that we should mention uh, is that this course can be supported um, through workforce investment. And so people who are interested should reach out to us directly so that we can help them uh, navigate that process. And so I think that's also something that's very noteworthy. And that also has an impact on our start date. (laughs) So, yeah. Can I throw one more thing out? Uh, I forgot to mention. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. One thing that definitely makes our course different than other people's is uh, all the instructors are actually real film technicians. So you're not getting someone who's just a college professor who's never set foot on set. We're getting somebody who just came off a set and walks right into the classroom to teach you. Okay. All right. That's hot, boy. So uh, so you try to fill this class, and so let's talk about how do, they, how do they get up to you to get this class filled? Uh, well, they can do – they can send me an email, um, and I can provide that information for you. Um and that's the best way to communicate with us, uh, and then I can shoot you off a flyer as well yes. as find out what county you live in, see if, if you qualify for WIOA um, support. If you shoot me that flyer, I'll make sure I send it out to to my network as well as the Urban League network because what you're doing is so important. Of course. All right. Yes, yeah, so, and you know you can find DTI online, and I'll provide that. It's uh, dtitraining.org. Uh, and on that website, you'll be able to see our number, which is 770-434-3040. And um, you'll be able to get directed to me, and I can answer any questions you have regarding this training program and and the the what doors you need to walk through in order to come. All right. So, Chris, first, any final words of wisdom you want to give out to everyone? Uh, yeah. Um, man, if there's something in your heart that you want, go for it. Nothing's impossible. Start now. Start today. Start now. Start today. I like that. What about you, Dr. Tiffany? Final words. I completely agree with that. If it's in your heart and it brings you joy, you know, look for those opportunities. And if Dover Training Institute can help with that, we would love um, to be a part of your journey. Well, we got to make sure that they get this information. So you use me, partnership, collaborate, whatever we got to do to make sure we get this word out. Uh, because I think what you're doing is so important. Uh, I mean, someone could actually put themselves on a whole different career trajectory based on taking this training with you. And I, I just think it's very important. So I want to thank both of you for coming out. We're going to have Ms. Dover on next week so we can hear her story. I might need to make it a three-hour sto- three show because <laughs> I know she's got a story. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So I want to thank both of you for taking the time to come out and explain to people. Hey, Chris, how do they reach out to you if they want to catch up to you? Uh, sure. You can catch me at uh, onesidedbamtesting.com uh, or you can catch me at entertainmentinteractive.org. 
I'll send out all your links too when I send the show out. But I want to thank you again for coming out and uh, taking the time to explain to people the great work that you're doing. And I look forward to working with you and collaborating and becoming a partner of Dover Training Institute so I can help get the word out as well. Well, we appreciate that. And thank you for having us. All right. Thanks for having us. All right. Talk to you later. You heard it. You heard it. They talk about if you have something in your heart, step out and do it. Don't wait for tomorrow. Don't wait for later. Matter of fact, don't wait. Four-letter word. One of the worst words you can say to me is I'm wait. I'm waiting. I want to wait. Don't wait. Do it now. Well, I hope you enjoy the show. And as I say every week, I look forward to our next encounter.